0: If you've been with us, we, uh, we went through a, a message series. I got a couple of announcements. We went through a message series here a while back called What Lies Beneath. It was a message series based upon sanctification, how God pours himself into us, and that really roots the sin out in our life and where that's going. I felt like a good follow-up book to reinforce that teaching is really this uh, Paul writing the letter to Colossians. And so we've been in Colossians, and just kind of as a follow-up to talk about um really how we can we can become religious in in a couple of ways uh one the Gnostics you remember we talked about the Gnostics the Gnostics say the spirit is good but the flesh is evil and so that the spirit within us is good the flesh is evil so why not just let the flesh feed the flesh you know and uh that's kind of a dangerous spot to be we have that today in time Uh, you've probably seen it maybe you've believed it at some point in time Today, the crowd might say something like this, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, meaning I can't help but sin all the time. And uh, there's danger in those words, there's danger in those statements, because if you really believe those statements, it's telling you already that you're defeated. And we cannot walk as Christians, as men of the light, walking defeated. And we've got to walk in victory. This is what we're called to be. It's what we're called to become. And so as sanctification's working out in our life, it's actually leading us to a place of victory victory in christ and it brings up that that question uh can we truly be holy as god is holy can we truly make it to perfection and by the way we're not going to answer that question here because uh they've been trying to answer that question for two thousand years uh there are a lot of great theologians a lot of scholarship just about all of your um boy from the beginning of the reformation on really even just prior to the to the reformation there is a lot of writing on that so you can go and you can read the scholarship you can read these guys Wingley and others that are over in in europe over in germany and uh, the great german theologians but uh guess what i i haven't seen that plane landed i will say this that i do think it's important that we do continue the pursuit in such a way that we will obtain that place all right whether in this life or the next because what Jesus wants us to do is, is to bring heaven to earth and in him, and that's exactly what's happened. So to believe anything less uh, would cut us, I, I think, short. And so to, we want to move on towards this place of perfection, if you will, or holiness. So that was the, the, that, that was the first camp that we talked about, the Gnostics, right? Saved by grace, if you will, so uh, they can't help but sin all the time because it's just part of the flesh but the spirit man's good. And then you got the Judaizers that believed that there were certain laws you needed to keep in order to be righteous. And so they they were just bringing the laws back in. And anytime you have laws, you have people that break those laws, and anytime you have people that break the law, they're considered criminals. And if you feel like a criminal in God's kingdom, then there's probably a time where you're going to avoid the things of God. And this was a problem they were no longer sons. They were trying to, to convince them that they were to be what? Slaves. Slaves. And so those are the Judaizers. Uh, today this crowd might say something like this. You must work hard to please God and stay in right relationship with him. But both of these deny the finished work of the cross. Remember this. Partial truths are also partial lies. Partial truths are also partial lies. So today we're going to talk about the triumph of the cross and you're going to see today we're just to be alive in Christ. So what the Apostle Paul does here in chapter 3 is he's going to go right at him. He's going to say, okay, we're going to simplify everything for you. All right, there's the Gnostics, there's the Judaizers, there's all these, these thoughts, there's all these theories. But here's what you need to pay attention to. You've got to pay attention to the finished work of the cross. Now, Jesus uh, kind of creates some tension prior to this, of course. Jesus says something in Matthew 7 that I think it's important for us to look at. I'm going to kick off with this. He said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles and then I will declare to them, depart from me for I never knew you. I told you some uh, years ago, maybe a year or two ago, that scripture has always bothered me because he, he tells them, he doesn't say depart from me for you never knew me. What does he say? He says, depart from me, for I never knew you. Well, I thought God created all the people. I thought God knew everyone. I thought God, what, what is he saying? And he's saying there's going to come a day, there's, there's, there's going to be a way that you can know me in an intimate way. And there, there, there are going to be man's thoughts, and man's thoughts are going to get in the way of you knowing me. And when he says, depart from me, for I never knew you they were doing things in his name to build their kingdom this is a danger of man the danger of man would be it would look like if i used this church to build my kingdom we use the ways of god because in this passage this is one passage in matthew 24 he comes back around to this and speaks on this again but jesus basically says this in matthew 24 he he reminds us you know you were thirsty you were, you cast out demons, or you, you, you gave drink to the thirsty, you did this, you did this, you did this, but depart from me for I never knew you. What, what's he saying there? He's saying you did all these things to build yourself up, to build your own kingdom. And those that build their own kingdom don't know me, and I don't know them. God's about one kingdom, and that's his own. That's it. And so, uh, here the Apostle Paul jumps in here and says, hey, careful with this, because guess what, the Judaizers over here are in danger of what? building their own kingdom it's my way or the highway isn't that interesting didn't have anything to do with the finished work of the cross he had the same thing over here with the gentiles uh because the gentiles are jumping in there and saying hey it's licentiousness it's i can just do as i want and and what what are they concerned about really building their own kingdom anytime you're dealing with the flesh (laughs) you're 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 building your own kingdom and so both of these build separate kingdoms that jesus doesn't recognize I don't recognize those kingdoms. I'm about my kingdom. And so the Apostle Paul, what he does is he goes right at this to the church at Colossae. And and what he's doing is is he's trying to remind us there's a finished work of the cross. See, it's easy to fall into one ditch or the other. It's easy to fall into one camp or the other. But chapter 3, it's going to deal more with the early Gnostics who believed the soul was good but the body was bad. It's a form of dualism. But really what he wants us to do is to move beyond any of these elementary teachings, any of these false teachings, and move beyond to the place of the finished work of the cross. And that's what chapter 3 is going to do. It's going to move us that way. So if you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to ask you to open them up to Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to jump right in here. Verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things above. Where Christ is, is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. So if we just take the first thing that he says here in chapter 3, you will see that immediately he's transitioning their thought to the things of God. That this is about God's kingdom, this is about the finished work of the cross. Now men, let me talk to you real quickly and briefly about your own status. Because most of us want to make the kingdom of heaven. If you don't, I don't know why you got up this morning. All right, most of us want to get there. You have probably seen these passages of Scripture, Matthew 7, Matthew 24. Those passages of Scripture probably make you a little bit uneasy. This is the way to keep Christianity pure. Paul is saying in Colossians chapter 3, just keep it pure. It is not as complicated as everyone's making it. Jesus, once and for all, died for you. He's seated in heavenly places. And by the way, Ephesians 3 tells us that we're seated there with him. Now, it's not, it doesn't mean that you are a deity. And there are people that take it that far, by the way. As a matter of fact, never mind. I'm not going to chase that one right now. So he's just simply, he's getting them back to setting their minds on the things above, not on earthly things. Interesting to me, last week we asked a question in here. The, one of the questions on the tables uh, that was asked is, which of the camps is more dangerous? So we're going we're gonna to look this morning. I'm going to have you answer that question. How many of you think legalism is more dangerous than dualism, Gnosticism? How many of you uh, think legalism would be the most dangerous camp? Okay, all right. How many of you feel like that the most dangerous camp would be the dualistic thought? The flesh is, okay, one, okay, out of all the men in here, I only had five votes. <laughs> it's, it's about four to one. I, I, I ask that question for this reason. I mean, some of us say, well, I really don't know. I, I can see the danger in both, but I really don't know which is worse, right? Um, interesting. It depends on if you talk to, to Peter or you talk to Paul. <laughs> and we don't necessarily have to go down that road either, but one of the things I can say is that, that Paul is gonna, he's going to see the danger of legalism and Gnosticism both. Where, where I go with this is uh, because religion can be become so diluted in both camps. Uh, I see in this, I have to be a little bit careful with this, but, but sometimes you can take somebody with dualistic theology and bring them into the truth of the word of God And they don't have all the legalistic steps to go through to be right with God. They just have a belief in exactly what Paul is saying here. Keep your mind set on what Christ did for you. Whereas you take somebody who grew up in the legalistic camp, it's a little bit more difficult a lot of times because they're saying it doesn't matter what you tell me. I know that I've not fasted enough or I've not kept the Sabbath holy or I've not, Uh, you know, it becomes the stepping stone to God. Both camps, I just want you to hear me, are very, very dangerous. Um, however, however, I will say that if you stay in the legalistic camp too long, you become legalistic yourself. What do you know about legalistic people? What do they see in others? Faults, yeah, that's right. They'll just see the faults. They'll see nothing but bad. That's that's really what happens in the legalistic. They are usually the ones that look through the judgmental eyes. They're the reason Christianity takes such a bad rap and uh, where we are today, living in a post-Christian society. People say, you know, the most judged people, judgmental people we know are Christians and this is why uh, in the political realm, they, they, they blame us. Oh, well, they don't love, they don't know love. If they loved, then they would accept homosexuality. If they loved, then they, they would never accept a death penalty. If they love, they would, they would never, and so, but you see, they don't really love. They, they're judgmental. They tell you how you should live your life. They tell you the steps to go through to get to God. They, you know, and, and this is what, what happens. And this is somewhat what was taking place even in the Apostle Paul's day here. And so he's trying to really reinforce. Now, chapter 3 is going to deal more with the Gnostics, but he's really trying to reinforce what's going on here with legalism as well look and 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 the way to step above and go beyond that to show christ's love in the way y'all know this that love comes with correction the scripture says god disciplines those whom he loves so let me just back up just so you know love does have parameters i love my children therefore i discipline them therefore they can't play in the street ride their four wheeler in the street you know i mean it's just a number of things right so So here's Paul going at this a little bit. Now the moment you were born again, your vantage point should have changed. You should see that we are to set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. Now you must renew your mind and begin to see life from a new view. Verse 3, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Nothing new here. All right, it's kind of similar to what you'll read in Thessalonians here. He, he is just simply saying, hey, uh, you will be found in Christ. This is how it works, in Christ in you. So, verse 5, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, desires, and greed, which is idolatry. So here he's talking about all those things lead to what? They lead to your kingdom. Now, when I started in, in Matthew earlier, you may have asked why. Well, here's why. Because he's saying all these things. Think about this. Immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, all those things uh, lead to a place of idolatry. And idolatry, by the way, is the first commandment. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. So it's easy to build things that are just for us. This is why Jesus says the greatest among you will be the servant of all. Because what's he trying to say? Hey, work for the kingdom of god in such a way that it's not building your own kingdom but it's working for the kingdom of god in a in a and when i say work i'm not saying work to obtain that I'm, I'm saying we have to work this stuff out in us so that we see where fulfillment comes from it's not about building our kingdom it's about building his and in that you'll be fulfilled so all these things if you look at caligula and think about Caligula for a minute. Any of you know the story of Caligula? We don't really have time to, to go through. But you see a man who came to reign, came to power. And if you were to immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry, um, he just fits that. But most kings and their kingdoms have all that stuff going on. All right? So he's saying you've got to put that aside. This, this is not your nature anymore. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you you once lived, but now you must get rid or also rid yourselves of all such things of these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Now, this this context and this category of sins is different from the first category of sins. The first category of sins that we listed, those are kind of kingdom related. These others are personal. You notice that? He jumps in there and says, anger. You don't have to raise your hand, but come on, man. It's easy to get angry in our culture today. And one of the reasons why is because we we hit a pace. Every one of you have a pace. And it's probably a hard, fast pace. You're probably used to working from 8 in the morning till 6 at night, uh, Monday through Saturday, and uh, Sundays you're at church. Uh, you try to press in time with your children, all these types of things. Look, we live at a pace, and that pace puts pressure on us. And because we have, we're under pressure, there are going to be times that we snap <laughs> to some degree, either at each other, at our wives, or, or somewhere else, maybe the children. But So this first one, when it jumps out and says anger, that's getting personal now. See, all the other ones, immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, those are things that go on within a kingdom. Now this other list here is very personal. He's saying, hey, I want you to pay attention to yourself all right malice slander you know that's just uh cutting people down criticizing others to make to build yourself up filthy language from your lips so he gets very personal here and says hey this even goes to the very gut level christ will wash this stuff out in you as you keep your eyes fixed upon him this is what he's after says do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator so here's the deal he says. you put on this new self and it's being what it's being renewed that word renew that word renewal is it goes back to sanctification remember when we were pouring the water into the glass and it was washing the stuff out that's renewing that glass it's renewing the things in that glass so he's given us opportunity here he's saying hey if you put on the new self understand it's being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator we need to grow up he's possibly saying this behavior is a little childish to me and one of the epidemics today are young and old people who are unwilling to grow up to put this stuff aside it's somewhat a failure to launch verse 11 he says here there is no gentile or jew circumcised or uncircumcised barbarian scythian slave or free but christ is, is all and christ is in all in other words this is about jesus's kingdom and not yours therefore as god's chosen people holy and dearly loved clothe yourselves with compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience men sometimes the easy thing to do is to go back to anger to malice to slander and what God or what Paul's trying to say here is when we put on when we're clothed in Christ as we walk in him we've got to think of words like compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience sometimes as I read the scripture I say Lord show me one word that I can live out in my life today it can be that simple give me one word one of these that I can live out maybe gentleness is what you've given me today I I want to be gentle with my wife I want to be gentle with my children I want to be gentle with my co-workers with those who work for me or those who are above me I'm going to show gentleness or I'm going to show kindness or compassion humility right and eventually you add to that and those are ways of serving the Lord and it's ways of keeping our eyes fixed upon him verse 13 bear with each other forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. <coughs> and all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now let's talk about love because where, who is love? God is love. So he's saying, look, you want all these things, remember the Lord, remember the price that was paid for you. As a matter of fact, he's going to get to that here in just a moment. See, what would it look like if all believers allowed the peace of Christ to rule our hearts? what would it look like other people blowing up around us blowing gaskets you ever uh years ago i was probably in the third grade somewhere around there third or fourth grade and there was a movie that came on that my dad was kind of wanting to watch and my sisters wanted to watch and it was on the nazis in germany and i i don't even remember the name of the movie necessarily but what i do remember about the movie is uh when pearl harbor got bombed there was one sergeant who was walking through uh the mess hall and as he was walking through the mess hall, you could see the bombs were hitting and the glass was breaking and everything else. And all these soldiers and sailors, they were getting up underneath the tables, except for him. And he was telling them, get up, get up. This is what we do. And he never sweated. He was just calm. He was collected. He just raised his voice. And I thought, I can remember as, as a kid thinking, I want to be that guy. <laughs> He's just... He's not worried. He's not afraid. He's telling the men where to go. Get back to your barracks. Get your uniforms on. Let's get ready. We're going to battle. It's here. It's among us. You know, and he's just telling them just like it is. Well, that's kind of what the Apostle Paul is telling us to be in a world that's falling and failing in chaos all around us. We should be the voice of truth. We should be able to speak, and we should have sound minds keeping our eyes fixed on Christ for such a time as this. <clears throat> See, What would it look like if all believers allowed the peace of Christ to rule their hearts? Well, we've got to abandon these other mindsets in order to do that. We've got to go above and beyond. See, we do what we believe, and as we behold him, we are being transformed, not through laws or licentiousness, but through our belief and understanding of Christ and the finished work of the cross. (coughs) Verse 16 and 17, let's finish up. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Now, I love this scripture. You know, Paul also reminds us that we to greet one another with a holy kiss. Don't be doing that nonsense. All right, it's a different day and time. Just saying. But it's interesting that his greetings oftentimes uh, dealt with psalms or dealt with hymns. Have you ever thought, um, of greeting someone with a hymn? Probably not. It's not culturally relevant today, right, in, in some ways. But uh, it, it is interesting because I think this is what, where Paul's getting. He's saying, hey, uh, you should have the song of Christ in your heart. And that should be what wells up when we come together. See, hymns are what people identified with as far as Christians, especially the early church um a lot of the old old hymns now we just date back two three hundred years but you go back to um paul's paul's time you know he's he's traveling and to hear a familiar song sung to christ would just (coughs) enlighten his heart if you were to leave here and you were to go over into egypt or uh any part of north africa or uh let's just say somalia if you will and and uh, any any other part of the world and you walked in a church and they were singing blessed assurance jesus is mine would you feel at home yeah you see hymns were were what a lot of times tied the people together it identified one another as being of christ and being of this family So what he's saying is through psalms, see if they read a psalm, if they knew the psalm, if they knew the 23rd psalm, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. When we put ourselves in a place where we sing to God with gratitude in our hearts, that really takes us above and beyond any type of fleshly, worldly desire. It really does. When your heart is singing to the Lord, when we're expressing ourselves in worship, however that looks for you Uh, maybe it's on the song on the radio maybe it's coming together with fellow christians and worshiping in that way i hope it is but what you're doing is setting your mind on christ you're setting your mind as colossians 3 1 started out setting your mind on the things above that's what hymns do and so paul's saying hey look we should be so in song that when we come together our songs sing together this 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 shows who we are that we we speak of the things above We speak of Christ. We sing of Christ. He's what's in our heart. He's who we worship. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. These attributes, they're a form of worship. And worship beholds Christ. In verse 17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, there are people that I've met that actually do this very thing. They give thanks to God in everything they do. Sometimes it drives me crazy. Because I'm like, look. You just gave thanks to God because you can cook a pecan pie. I give thanks to God because I can eat it, right? I've been told to bless my food, but they do that. Oh, bless God. He just gave me the ability to do this. Bless God that he's, you know, I'm so grateful that he's, he's given me uh, this car with 300,000 miles on it, but it runs, you know, Bless God that my lawn mower's got three wheels because it could just have two you know bless god and and you get around people like that sometimes i had an aunt that was that way man she just blessed and thanked god for everything you know she died of pancreatic cancer but the interesting thing was i got to on the phone serve her communion if you will I took her through the liturgy of communion and her son served her as i spoke on speakerphone and uh Uh, you know she was just she was still praising and blessing god this is what happens when we get ourselves to a place and we walk with jesus long enough where we're constantly blessing god that that even on our deathbed (coughs) we'll still be blessing god and thanking jesus instead of cursing man and the rest of the people in the nursing home that are around us right that they stole your teeth or something um that's always my fear (laughs) you know i'm not kidding you i'm always afraid of I, I know I can cuss like a sailor I used to you know I don't know how sailors cuss okay Ken is it bad okay all right I just know how soldiers cuss and you know I don't want to all of a sudden lose my mind you know and start cussing everybody out I want to I want to be at a place where my mind is fully renewed in Christ and I'm blessing Jesus upon the time that I go to see him right and so uh, is there a way to get there well this is what Paul's saying hey you got to put the elementary stuff away all this elementary stuff, all the little things, all the little sins, all the things, and quit trying to identify with one camp or the other. How about you learn to identify with Christ? And so he finally wraps this thing up with, hey, just learn to identify with Christ, and you'll be fine. You don't have to worry about the Matthew 7 the Matthew 20. You don't have to worry about those passages of Scripture. Here's why. Because your identity's in him and he's in you. And that's where he's taking us there in Colossians chapter 3. So with that, put off all the religion, put on Christ influence your heart by meditating on psalms hymns songs and gratitude those types of things everything you do give thanks everything he does give thanks just learn to give thanks through him and that my friends will bring us to a place of peace and peace in christ there's some questions in front of you y'all are welcome to work through those questions just a couple of announcements we'll be off the next couple of weeks um Heads up, I've been asked to go to Plainview and teach their brave hearts the sanctification series. Uh, I'll just be tying that into just a couple of weeks, and so uh, Chris Craig's going to be coming in to give us uh, a couple of messages, and then I'll be back here. Um, (coughs) We're kind of shuffling some pastors around here just just for a little bit. Um, A lot of us have done a lot of writing over the last um, year, and because of that, we're we're getting to share some of our our stuff so let me close this in prayer and you guys are welcome to to go through your question and father god thank you lord for each man here father we do pray that we would set the elementary things of this world the elementary teachings away from us aside lord sometimes it's it's fun to learn other thoughts other theories but lord let us not believe anything other than you And may our eyes be fixed upon you, the author and perfecter of our faith. Father, may we see you seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, never forgetting or forsaking the cross in our life and what you bore for us. Lord, take us through this season now of celebration, and may there be hymns truly on our heart, singing to one another, singing most importantly to you, in Jesus' name, amen.